my dear friends in Christ, today is the third Sunday of Advent, popularly known as Gaudate Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday. Why is the church asking us to rejoice? Why are all the readings talking about this inner joy that no circumstances or situations can take away from you? Why? Going back to the time of John, there is a lot of, there is an aura of expectation, anticipation. The environment is full of, is frenzy about when is the Messiah coming. Everything is gearing, adding up together. Everything is coming together. When will this Messiah come? And so many people have so many ideas or understanding of what will happen when the Messiah will come. Some were thinking of a political messiah, someone that will come and conquer the Roman Empire and then enthrone the people of Israel as the leading empire. They will now rule over the world. That's the, their political understanding of the messiah. Some pe other people were thinking of a spiritual messiah, somebody that will come and then rekindle the heart of people and they will now truly worship God. And that's the messenger John came with. John was preparing a way for this Messiah that will come and reunite the heart of people to their God. That's why in his preaching, you hear him preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. That's the preaching of John the Baptist. But it was the same preaching that landed him in prison. Not just that it was the same preaching that landed him in prison, but even before he ended up in prison, he actually saw the manifestation of what the Spirit ministered to him that would be the Messiah. When Jesus came to be baptized in the river Jordan, the Spirit prompted him and said, whoever you see the dove fall upon, that is the Messiah. So when Jesus came and then John the Baptist could see Jesus and see the dove falling on him, that's why he became uncomfortable baptizing Jesus. He said, do you really want me to baptize you? Am I not the one that will come to you for baptism? Then Jesus said that popular language, I am here because there is need for us to fulfill all righteousness. So having seen the Messiah and even having literally said, said to the people, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold he who takes away the sins of the world. John ended up in prison. And while in prison, he was wondering to himself, if the Christ is actually the Messiah, why hasn't he come to the prison to release me? I ended up here because I was doing the mission of Jesus Christ. I was doing the mission of God. And here I am in this dungeon, suffering, isolated, so that's why John now sent some of his disciples. Go and ask him, are you actually the one? <laughs> or should we wait for another? We find ourselves in the shoes of John the Baptist all the time. We spend our life doing the will of God. Sometimes we go an extra mile because of our desire and our commitment to do the things of God. But even in the course of doing that, Things don't work out the way we plan. Even sometimes we struggle. You pray all the time. 
You do all the adoration. You are very charitable to the poor. You put in so many hours volunteering in ministry, yet you are struggling in your marriage, yet you are struggling with cancer or some other illnesses, yet in your family you can't add things together, you can't put things together, and you're wondering, where is God in all these things? Where is God in all these things? Not just that you're wondering where God is, you can even hear and see testimonies of other people, what God is doing in their life. So when these, two, when these disciples came to Jesus and said, are you the one or should we wait for another? Jesus pointed out evidences of the manifestation of the Messianic age that the people could see and could hear. The Messianic age will be ushered in when God will come and make everything whole again, when God will come and restore things again, when God will come and restore the inner joy and inner peace that comes to people who worship God in spirit and in truth. So that's why Jesus was pointing to the things. He said, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. You, you've seen uh, those who are blind receiving their sight, restoration. You've seen those who are lepers being cleansed, restoration. You see the good news preached to the poor, restoration. You see the dead being raised to life again, restoration. Go back to the first reading of today. You see, I, we hear Isaiah speaking in the same language again. Isaiah said, in the desert, even the parched land, we receive, there will be an exaltation within the desert. The desert is a symbolic way of saying one who is distanced from God. When we are distanced from God, we become like a desert. We are dried up. Remember Jesus saying, whoever believes in me, I'll make him, I'll, I'll make him become a fountain from within. There will be spring of water flowing. This is what Jesus told to the Samaritan woman who came to a draw water. He said, if you believe in me, you don't have to come to draw water again because in you will be a living spring, a living spring uh, coming up from within. So why are we rejoicing in the midst of all these things? Because it is not our failures that define us. Even in our failures, the presence of God brings about restoration in our life. Even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your struggles, God has not abandoned you. I'll use an illustration that happened to me as a little child. As a little child, when I was growing up, I was never separated from my parents. Even when I visit my grandma, we don't sleep over. And then, age 11, I had to go to the seminary. I went to the seminary when I was age 11, and it was a seminary where you stay in the hostel. In other words, I have to sleep outside without my parents for the first time in my life. And for me, it was like the heavens were falling down. The whole, my whole support system is broken. I find in my parents my security, I find in my parents those who will provide for me, 
I find in my parents those who will who love me un, unconditionally. And here I am, away from my parents, all alone. I felt abandoned. Luckily for me, they formate us. They have seen this time and time again because young people keep coming to the seminary at that age. And they gathered us together and said, your parents will surely be coming. We have arranged for their parents to come and assure you that here is also a place of safety. Here is also a place you'll be loved. Here is also a place you can rely on. It is all for your own good. So the coming of my parents gave me an inner joy that gave me the strength to now navigate those days of waiting. So Jesus is the one who gives us assurance of love. He loves us unconditionally. In Jesus we find our ultimate security. In Jesus we find our peace. In Jesus we find our joy. So no matter how distant we feel, no matter how far away we are from God, the presence of God brings about those restorations again. That's the joy we are talking about. That's the joy uh, St. Paul is talking about when he said, Rejoice in the Lord. And then I say again, rejoice. Not even persecution, not even tribulation, not even sickness, not even death can take away that joy that the Lord will give us because he loves us unconditionally. So that's what we are celebrating today. My prayer is that may God continue to rekindle our joy every day. Jesus comes to us every day in his word. When we read the word of God, Jesus comes to us to rekindle our joy. Jesus comes to us every day in the sacraments. When we receive the sacrament or when we come to worship God, Jesus comes to us to rekindle our joy and our hope. Jesus comes to us in one another. We are here to support one another. So through one another, Jesus ministers to us to rekindle our joy. Before I conclude my homily, I want to use this opportunity to thank publicly the Catholic Foundation. Uh, and I, I, we all know that our steeple is, every time is kind of going down, gradually. Each time I'm driving past, I keep praying, I hope this doesn't fall. By God's grace, it will not fall until we fix it. So we appeal to the Catholic Foundation because we don't have the money. They said they're going to um, charge us $95,000 to fix the steeple. So we appeal for support from um, the Catholic Foundation and they were generous enough to give us $45,000. So we still need about um, $50,000 to be able to fix the steeple. How am I going to raise that money? I'm going to rely on your generosity and your goodwill to be able to fix that steeple as soon as possible. So um, in trying to, in making an inquiry, how do we do this? Somebody mentioned to me what they called qualified charitable distribution rule. It is something in our tax code. I don't know the tax system. So, but somebody mentioned that to me and said, those of your parishioners who are 70 years plus can actually help the parish if they know more about this qualified charitable distribution rule. 
Because I don't have that so, so much information, please, if you're 70 and above, and you think you can support our parish in a way that it will not affect your day-to-day -day life, please call the office and make more inquiries about this uh, qualified charitable distribution rule. It is something in the tax system that will help you either use your stock or your tax and then be able to support our parish in a way that it will not affect your day-to-day -day life. I also have good news for those who are under 70. Those who are under 70, um, I'm referring you to the bulletin announcement, the one that has um, our principal, Gina, writing in the bulletin. She talks about um, Ohio reducing the, the, the schools in Delaware into an edge choice. That means if you are under 70 and your kids are not here at St. Mary's, you can actually bring your kids to St. Mary's and then the, the state will support you with tuition. One, you're gaining the Catholic education that you know is far more better than what your kids will get out there. And then secondly, it will also help you to uh, manage your budget well. So if you're under 70, take advantage of the ed choice. If your students are, if your kids are not here, if you're 70 and above, kindly call the office and see if through your generosity and readiness, we can be able to raise the money to fix our steeple as soon as possible. So finally, in that line of appreciation, I also want to thank the Catholic Times. Not just that they gave us 45,000 for the steeple, they also gave us $5,000 for the Catechism of the Good Shepherd, which is a program that is tailored towards the PSR kids and the students in the school. They also gave us another $5,000 to help us um, ensure that uh, the security system in our church is far more better than what it is now. We thank them and pray that God will continue to reward their work. And through us, may we all benefit from the ministry of Jesus Christ. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.